At Farmers Insurance, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. And we know that it can get a little weird when things just don't work together. That's why Farmers lets you bundle your home and auto insurance together. And doesn't that sound nice? Bundle with Farmers today and you could save an average of 20% too. Talk about music to your ears. Visit Farmers.com or call 1-800-FARMERS to get a quote today. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Reported 2018 nationwide average savings underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. Hi, and welcome back to Glee on the Rocks. I'm Mav. I'm Emily. And I'm Mandy. And we're glad to have you back. We are doing a double feature today and covering episodes seven and eight, uh, Throwdown and Mashup. Consider this your own kind of podcast mashup. Ba-dum-bum. Pa-ching. So Throwdown is uh, the seventh episode, and it premiered on October 14th, 2009, a uh, quick summary to cause dissent amongst the Glee Club. New co-director Sue Sylvester forces the students to compete against each other. But the real showdown happens when she and Will get called into Principal Figgins' office. Meanwhile, kids rally to support Quinn after some shocking news is revealed. And Terry must deal with Will's desire to see their unborn baby. Although, P.S., she's not pregnant. Uh, directed by Ryan Murphy. And it was written by Brad Falchuk and received, uh, it was watched by 7.6 million U.S. viewers and received sort of mixed reviews from critics. And then episode eight, which is Mashup, uh, premiered October 21st in 2009. Uh, Quick summary, Will is approached by Emma and Ken to mash up two songs together for their wedding and to teach Emma how to dance, because that totally makes sense. However, Ken begins to have trust issues with Will around Emma and subsequently forces the guys on the football team to choose between Glee Club or football. Meanwhile, Finn and Quinn's popularity suffers. After getting dethroned by David Karofsky and struggle to get it back, while Puck and Rachel begin an unexpected relationship that quickly hits a speed bump. The episode was directed by Elodie Keene and was written by Ian Brennan and was watched by 7.2 million U.S. viewers. So it kind of gives you a background of where we're at right now. How do you guys feel about these two episodes? Uh, You know, I feel like we're approaching the middle of a season, and they're, I don't know, it feels like we're lagging a little bit, that we've got things that we are already trying to get rid of, like uh, Emma and Ken's grossly fake relationship. Uh, just trying to like power through a wedding that we all know isn't going to happen. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Which is a theme on Glee. Weddings Which... that aren't going to happen. <laughs> Things that aren't going to happen and we just spend a lot of time going nowhere. Yeah, the, these two episodes somehow managed to feel repetitive even though it's still really early on in the series. Yeah, yeah. And I don't, you know, we have the problem of that we have seen this before, so we're not coming in cold, and that we do know when, you know, we do know what happens five years from now. But at the same time, I haven't seen season one in years, and it still feels like, didn't we just go over this two episodes ago? Because we did. Yeah. Well, it's because I don't think they really build on the characterization so much as just rehash the characterization like you're you're not getting a a thorough line a th- a throw a thorough you're not getting a consistent <laughs> building <laughs> that word that word was hard uh, you know so you're just you're seeing the same things you're not seeing um as much as i hate shu and emma you're not really seeing like them moving forward so much as just continually flirting and going around and around and around. So I, I think that's part of why, even though we've, even though we do know what happens later, 
even though you know we haven't seen this for a while we do feel like our wheels are spinning as you yeah. were saying we're plots are being reused characterization is being is spinning um and we're just not we're not moving that could have been okay if they'd been taking these episodes to build good characterization but instead they're focusing on the same three people and the same plot instead of like oh maybe you know not much is happening to progress like the pregnancy storyline but hey we just learned a lot about Artie instead we know nothing about Artie we've just had like the same information given to us over and over again about the same two love triangles yeah we don't know more about Mercedes we don't know more about Kurt we don't know more about uh Matt Rutherford we don't know more about anybody but you know we've seen Rachel and uh and Finn have their back and forth in the hallway a couple times now I would even argue that what we get to see of the same four people is the exact same thing so like I'm not even getting to see more of Finn or more of Rachel I'm seeing the same things of them so it's like I've seen this like show me show me more of who they are like what what else besides these these five things I think the only character who seems to be progressing emotionally in any kind of way is actually Quinn. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. she's she actually has like realistic responses to someone in her situation. And I liked that um, she was very assertive with Finn, which I feel like she went from being really emotional and angry to being kind of like problem solving about it and finding Terry to now she's like, being firm with Finn, like, I'm giving this baby up, stop trying to name it, things like that. Um, She's the only one who has any kind of, like, development that seems to be going toward a specific place. Yeah. Even if if it doesn't quite get there in the end. Yeah, I mean, at least they're they're trying with her, because she has a real-world problem being a a teenager who is pregnant and not knowing what to do about it. It's it's like a real world problem that happens everywhere, unfortunately. And uh, even if it's still crazy and bizarre trying to do some sort of baby swap, at least her, the things she's worried about are things that teenage girls would be worried about with everyone finding out and what are her parents going to do to her and what is she going to do when she starts to show and how is it going to affect her day-to-day life and you know teenagers don't really look too far down the road so her big concerns being her, her cheerleading career and the end of high school are that's it's real that's how yeah, that, that's that how far sense. down the road they are going to be worried it's if this was a better show i i would go so far as to say uh perhaps quinn's characterization or you know, how we see her progress and handle things more than anybody else is uh, basically a symptom or, uh, or a, a result of her having to deal with real life problems. And she's learned to how you like, I can deal with this because of having to deal with that. So your characterization as a result of this other stuff that she's dealing with. This isn't that show. So I'm not yeah. going to fucking go there because then I, because the adults would also have to be, you know, fully characterized but i do think it is an interesting um coincidence i guess or as it is that the one character that might have a more nuanced response and to being able to see more of her is the one that's dealing with the most shit there might they they may actually have something there but i'm not i'm not gonna go so far as to say that was them on purpose anyway yeah it's not like in season five she's like this happened and remember when I was pregnant, so I know how to deal with stress. <laughs> yeah. In fact, she, uh, she kind of was like, um, in season five? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Is that the season she shows up to sleep with Santana and leaves again? No, that's season four, isn't it? Four? Who knows? I don't know. I, I did, this, is, this is my memory for later Glee <laughs> episodes. Oh, God, I forgot about her and Santana. I, I Shit. She came back to sleep with Santana. <laughs> Um, which is another thing i i would absolutely have loved if they had had the foresight to know what they were going to do with santana later and have actually in the background had a like really belligerent closeted 
character. Like if they'd yeah. seeded that at all in season one, that would have been interesting. I would have liked to have seen Santana before, you know, dealing with stuff. But yeah. Instead, it, they just randomly decide later on, hey, lesbian. Well, they ran out of it's the gay storylines for Kurt and Blaine, so they had to move on to somebody else. Yeah. Everybody loves surprise lesbianism. What can we say? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I do enjoy surprise lesbianism, but also I enjoy pre-planned lesbianism too. Yes. It just would have made for better lesbian storytelling. Yeah. This episode of Glee on the Rocks brought to you by Better Story Alliance for Lesbianism. Yes. <laughs> I'm always here for that. That's a media-wide <laughs> concern. That's not just a yeah. Glee problem. No. In fact, no. Was, was the Santana-Britney relationship because they got criticism for queer baiting with them? I don't know much about Brittany and Santana. I feel like I we mean, should get like, a Britannia fan on here at some point to to talk I about that history. To get a get a Britannia stan up here and yeah. uh, explain all the stuff that I wasn't paying attention to. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. All the stuff that I I wasn't quite paying attention to, but was like, I'm I'm happy for you. However, we can only have so many, uh, you know, gay relationship uh, moments in a in a in an episode because of Fox. So damn it. You got one. We're getting. We don't get one this episode. So yeah, yeah I would like to now have a more nuanced, uh, you know, explanation of the relationship now. I mean, honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if that was the writing room trajectory. Is like, well, we're getting shit on one side for not doing it, and there are fans on the other side doing it for us anyway. Mm-hmm. Although I, that one's hard for me to say that like. Murphy saw that there was fan interest in Britannia because I feel like as soon as he hears fan commentary on either end, he does the opposite. Yeah. It's like, yeah. we really enjoy Blaine having a really great relationship. And he's like, ah, fuck you guys. Guess what? Anyway, those are like later season problems, but yeah, it doesn't feel like we're seeing any, any background moments of, Santana and Brittany yet, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't think honestly, it was I haven't been looking for them anyway. Yeah. I, I, I pulled up a quick, um, a quick thing, and um, pretty a quick thing. I pulled up the Glee Wiki, which is so useful. Um, yeah, thanks guys. Whoever runs that. Yeah, yeah, you're super. You've been, you guys have been super helpful. Uh, pretty sure it's season two when it starts to become a a more of a overt thing. And in season one, there's some stuff where it's like, you can see them sitting together. And, you know, Brittany makes this face when Santana says something. So it looks like, okay, you can go back and read into stuff, but I don't know that there's anything in season one Mm -hmm. that, um, other than their pinky linking, Mm -hmm. which happens in later later episodes. Um, So I guess that's what... Yeah, like you, I think you could that. I think you can kind of read either way, and going back, you can go, ah, yes, that means this. Now that we mm-hmm. know, what we know. But um, again, this is this is me literally coming up with this after looking at a Wikipedia page. Would love to have a Britannia Britannia shipper uh, giving a little bit more info on that. <laughs> so if that's you, let us know. <laughs> if you're the Britannia shipper. <laughs> yes, if that if that shipper is you. All right. So from from talking about Quinn, which you know I enjoyed in these episodes, to to the person I hate the most. Oh, I don't even love it. I have a sidebar about I just Quinn. Hate... Oh, okay. Yes, please. Anything to no. distract me. <laughs> it's not so much a sidebar, but it's more of like her performance of set me free is that what it's, i think it's called set me free no it's called keep me hanging on you keep me hanging on you keep me hanging on um is one of one of the like inner feeling songs that we really start to see more of down the line it's like a musical theater song you know where it it sort of propels mm-hmm. the plot but really is just for like the person to tell the audience how they're feeling yeah mm-hmm. because a lot of it doesn't you see it but it's is it is it happening? Is it not happening? That kind of thing. And it just, it was interesting that at this stage in the show, it's Quinn who gets one of those songs where they're generally yeah. reserved for like the main characters. And that is not her 
down the line. Which, by the way, I really liked her song. It's one of the few I have from season one that I like bought on iTunes. Mm. And uh, the Wall Street Journal says that it is thin and jarring. And uh, let's see, at, uh, Raymond Flander- Flanders, I will fight you. I fucking <laughs> like that song. <laughs> Another invitation for someone to be on the podcast slash fight map in person. <laughs> Wall Street Journal guy, if you're still working there, it's time. <laughs> if you would like to defend your position on this. You don't know where to find me, but I am on the <laughs> internet. Mm. Call us. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, I just had like a, th- a thought about that song all of a sudden. No, I mean, I have it in my notes that it's, it's really good. And I love the song. So sidebar into Quinn having a great song. I'm, I'm happy to talk on that. All right, continue. Go on. Go on with your, our, our topic. Go on change. with my rant. <laughs> okay, so, so from characters and songs that I appreciated to the character I hate and will continue to hate and don't love to hate. I just, I just hate, um, God damn it. Shoe. Like both episodes terrible. And, and for, I mean, continually same reasons. Um, I enjoy seeing him and Sue fight partly in, in a weird way, probably because it's just, to me, it's like, Oh, it's just highlighting how terrible shoe is. Um, but, okay, so I'm pulling my notes back up. So, um, he, his big thing, I guess for me, uh, failing kids yeah, just to get back at Sue. Like. Fucking bullshit. How old are you? And you're failing 15 year olds because you, you're not emotionally more mature than a 10 year old. What the fuck is wrong with you? I don't care if they weren't supposed to pass anyway. And I question your ability to grade anybody in Spanish, but like literally setting that aside, uh, clearly you had been passing them and it's not this newfound thought on, Hey, we're going to, we're going to promote, you know, better education and better standards. No, you just want to fuck with Sue. So you're just going to, you know, fail a bunch of girls. Yeah. That's, you know, clear indicative of a man with a lot of problems not what I would consider a, a stable and sympathetic character. Yeah, especially because earlier he had had this whole thing about we're supposed to be here for the students and then cut to him uh, aggressively failing a bunch of kids out of spite. But not those. We're here for Finn and Rachel. We're here for Finn and Rachel and uh, occasionally... I mean, Quinn. it may actually be better for the kids that... Shu didn't like them because when he likes someone, he just plants drugs in your locker. <laughs> when he doesn't like you, all you get is a fail. That's true. A fail versus a felony. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Speaking but of the, felonies, the... he's uh, also <laughs> really inappropriate with some of his female students, which yeah. I, I just feel like I want to add that to the general shoe hate pile. Oh, uh, please he, do definitely starts to like make eyes and like holds Quinn's face while he's singing about wanting to like sex someone up. Yeah. Bust a move is not a, an appropriate song for a bunch of teenagers, yeah. especially because like he, he starts doing it by taking his shirt off. He doesn't mm-hmm. even like, it, it's not, I'm just going to perform in front of my students. It's let me take my shirt off before I do. Yeah. That's uncomfortable. A little. It also, strange to me that like Finn and uh, Finn and Puck turn it down. So clearly the only, the only guy that could sing this song is Will. We have no other male members. None. I, I mean, did, like, kind of, excuse you. Kind of a theme of the episode is that Shu only cares about the white people in his club. So yeah, he might've yeah. actually forgotten. The, rest of the, <laughs> the yeah. white able body people. Those are, those yeah, are which, people. which speaking of like, Sue's kids, which you know she creates as as a her her minority group as a way to splinter uh, the Glee Club. Like on one hand, I know you're supposed to sit here and go, "How dare she splinter the Glee Club?" Meanwhile, I'm sitting here going, "No, like legit, he's not giving anybody anything. So why wouldn't you like 
create a, a group for everybody else. Like, well, nah, I, I'm rooting for maybe a, maybe a rebrand. I think the name's kind of bad, but like, I'm good with this. It's such an obvious thing that Shu is doing that even Sue can pick it out and immediately go for that problem. It, it, it's not like yeah. she was... Yeah, she didn't split them up, girls and boys. She didn't split them up, juniors and sophomores. It was like, oh, she could tell immediately that he's been underutilizing certain members of the group, and she used that to her advantage. Now, yeah, there's and, like there's yeah. a more interesting discussion that we had in the episode about like why certain members of the group generally don't get called on to do solos, but that's uh, glee. So that conversation doesn't really happen. No. But yeah, the the people that Sue pulled apart are coincidentally the ones I would really like to have just seen a show focused on. Yeah, the actual yeah. underdogs. Yeah. And then when um like Sue uh, or Shu gets upset about it, uh, her splitting the Glee Club, he comes in with a song, and what does he do? He gives it to Finn and Rachel. Like yeah. you're not you're you're really not getting the point, are you, dude? Couldn't even hand it to anybody else. You're even not even your leftovers. Just went right to. You're not even, try, you're not even trying. Didn't even try. No, no, no. So, so fuck you, man. You're just you're you're a lost you're a lost cause. I'm not even gonna try. What's well, uh uh Terry's sister who just yelled into the phone? I hate you, Will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like yes, yes. Thank you. Uh, my spirit. My my. My characterization on the show as her sister. To be fair, though, that second episode, or no, the first episode, episode seven, did give us the ride with me, the the group yeah. jam. It was that, that is so, and and I like rightly so well loved. It's so nice and so like gentle and sweet. One of the first things in this entire, like, podcast run that I've actually watched and immediately just, like, backtracked and watched a second time. Mm. Just because I, like, I don't know. That, that's one of those moments where I'm like, damn, I do still like Glee once in a very long while. <laughs> God damn Interestingly, Interestingly, the, uh, so my fun fact, uh, that was actually something that happened but behind the scenes as they were, like, waiting in between, you know scenes to be shot and ryan liked it so much he put it in the show so i'm not, not saying glee is not a documentary but backstage things that end up on screen what yeah but... no i'm sure that never <laughs> happened again after this episode no never no this is the only time only time ryan ever did that um but no i think it's i think it just kind of showcases that uh something that I think a lot of us have felt, especially in later seasons, that um, what really carried this show were the actors and the chemistry between them um, and what they were able to do more so than the writing. Because I feel like this was, you were, you were literally seeing just a bunch of younger kids. I mean, some of them are in their 20s, but still just kind of like hanging out, singing a ridiculous song and being silly that's very much how an actual Glee Club would have been. And it, it's very sweet. And that's, yeah, it's like, that. I think that's why this, this particular moment stands out. Is cause, it's because Ryan yeah. didn't write it. Yeah. <laughs> why? <laughs> it actually looked like they were having fun and liked each other. Yeah, how about that? Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah, that was, that, that, that's my fun fact for, uh, for episode seven. I have another oh. fun fact for episode, I'll eventually get there. Facts all around. Facts all around. It, I, uh, should make a, I should make a noise for fun facts. <laughs> a little like gong in the background. Fun, a... fun facts. <laughs> fun facts. I don't know. So a, a weird thing that I am probably overthinking, which is never a thing that I've done in my life, but no, uh, neither myself. Did either of you feel like there was like a weird tinge of like a men's rights activist thing going with Will when he does this whole thing about, or not Will, um, Finn after Quinn's uh, ultrasound when yeah. it's like all the stress and the worry and none of the control and feeling like, I don't know, it just was like a weird tinge of 
what about the dads thing happening in that episode that was really bothering yeah. me which no thanks no, no. thanks because then will goes off to terry and does some shit and you're like i just none of this feels right yeah, all of this I, feels a little like what about the men like i don't care about you the the bit where he's like even though you're pregnant it's still your responsibility to get dinner yeah. like technically that was responding to something she said but also still kind of fuck you yeah just it just tasted like bullshit yeah and i didn't need it in this episode or ever especially like when an it's... all-male writer's room yeah coming from an all-males all-male writer's room and then it kind of like goes right into the scene with um i always get his name wrong Jacob Ben Israel being a disgusting person who should really never be allowed in a school ever again. They just like kind no. of followed each other and I was like, none of this is good. I, I hate all of this. No, and, it, and it just reminds me, I know I've gone on, I've gone on this, this high horse about toxic masculinity and the idea that like, haha, this nerd can't get a girl. So he literally has to blackmail her for panties. Isn't that funny? That's not yeah. funny. That's gross and that's sexual assault. Yeah. No. And his, do you know, not. I, when he says the line, like, I feel the urge to kiss you right now, I'm just going to go for it. Like, oh, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, no, do not that's how we're firing people And it, it is frustrating that they showed that so casually and played it for laughs. When yeah. that, that, one of those moments, Glee could have been a teaching show. Like, show Rachel, like, granted, no one in that school is going to give a shit. Yeah. Uh, show her going to her dad's or something like show some kind of moral message that's beyond like haha you're gross yeah yeah like yeah, can you at least get suspended for a day but no yeah. it's, you're not you're not you're not hitting home how how terrible that is yeah it's just disturbing and like people were around in the hallways hearing that as well yeah and yeah they, they it's never it is played for laughs and there's never like a teacher going up to that kid like hey you're being suspended for being a sexual harasser but this is the same show yeah. that like fired ryerson in the first episode for like feeling up teenage boys and then just casually had him back yeah right on the Such premises a... various times gonna take no, a hard pass it's... on all of it yeah yeah so that jacob ben israel said yeah will always be an issue for me just because it's never it's never used as a teaching moment, as you said. It's always just a ha-ha laugh moment. So you could do the, you could do something with this, but you're just gonna not. I mean, yeah. another theme of the entire like I was gonna say episode, but series really. I mean, they could have done something with the minority message. Instead, it just goes back to immediately like Shu giving Finn and Rachel the solos, like the lead mm -hmm. roles. Yeah. Um, there's no teaching moment there. The uh. I mean, nothing Shu does is viewed as, like, Shu is the bad guy, despite how inappropriate he's being. Yeah. I was just gonna say, something else that, like, kind of struck me when he was grading the papers and then choosing to fail all of the cheerleaders, there actually is, like, an interesting topic to talk about with the struggle of academia and sports in schools and how sports can often be put above academics in schools because it brings in more alumni money when schools mm -hmm. are underfunded and it's like a whole thing that happens and there's there's like an interesting thing to talk about with you know maybe Finn is on the football team because he needs the scholarship because he doesn't go to class etc or Quinn needing the thing needing um the cheerleading squad for an academic scholarship and all that kind of shit or how Sue gets paid just a number of things that actually occur in high schools and it's it's not spoken of again at least that I can remember. I think there's something with a scholarship later on down the line with with Finn, with football, but honestly don't remember. I thought that had something more to do with college. Yeah, yeah, so, but I mean, yeah. it's still that, like, it's still that sports get placed above mm -hmm. scholarship in a school yeah. where you could actually just be there to study and go fuck yourself with your sports, but... Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, like I said, there's there is a whole argument that could go into there but you know that's nuanced and difficult it's just another thing that like they kind of like tease and then don't actually do anything about <laughs> so very true on my on my notes i also have um 
what the fuck's thong song. So <laughs> I'm gonna I, I'm gonna throw that into along with there's a whole list of things that people get away with um, or that she should get in trouble for. Singing thong song is one of them. Yeah. I mean, at least students weren't present. True. I mean, he was only basically cheating on his wife. That's, you know, secondary to doing it in front of students, which it sounds like I'm being sarcastic, but I do really mean, like, at least he wasn't doing it in front of students. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least it was only around. I mean, but I, I mean, yes, I totally agree with you, Mandy. Like, considering how this show is, I'm kind of surprised it wasn't in front of students. But at the same time, I did have to see it with my eyeballs. So I'm still just really upset. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to be honest. When that started, I, I sort of just checked out for a while until the song was over. <laughs> I was like, is this still going? Meant- no. Cool. But these are things I never need to hear hear anybody sing. Kind of kept glancing up at the TV like, still singing this? All right. Why does this song feel like it's 20 minutes long? I also also checked out a bit during um, Shu and Emma's dance, even though her song was lovely. Like she said, it sounded lovely. Mm -hmm. I just didn't, I didn't care. Yeah, because I like, we already know she's not going to get married to Ken, and if you're watching the show for the first time, you still know she's not going to get married to Ken. You just don't know how long it's going to take, which isn't very long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, but no, if if even if you've seen it for the first time, you know TV shows well enough to know. Ah, yes, that's not happening. <laughs> Something's going to happen here. Don't know how or why. And it's yeah, still being yeah. framed, like, this is so repetitive, because I know I've said this, like, a couple of other times. It's still being framed as though we're supposed to find Shu and Emma, like, super romantic, when the truth is, he is emotionally cheating on his, as far as he knows, pregnant wife. Yeah. And now, the only twist is no, with an engaged woman. Like, yeah, yay infidelity on two counts. Not only that, he's he's seen a... um. He's seen an ultrasound, so technically, like, he, as far as he's aware, he has proof, mm-hmm. quote unquote. Like, okay, you're, you're. I don't understand how Will Schuster, as a character, is supposed to be seen as a sympathetic character. I know, I know, I harp on him a lot, but like, I, I only, only in like a male writing room, I guess, can I, can I, can that happen? But it's like, look at everything, and you're telling me this is supposed to be a sympathetic character. Not only that, but fun fact, uh, episode eight, uh, mashup, uh, Matt Morrison turned it into uh, the Emmys for, uh, as a lead actor in a comedy series. So not only are we supposed to be sympathetic, he's supposed to be the lead actor, quote unquote, for the show. One, you're not. And two, you're you're not. So I don't I don't I don't understand at all. I, I do believe at this point they were trying to position him as like the lead character. Um if they were thinking ahead, it may be because they planned on transitioning the Glee Cub to like a different set of kids after the end of season three. And they wanted us to care about the adults so that we kept watching. Yeah, I mean, uh, we're seven, eight episodes in, and the adults are still the main characters. They're still the ones who have the most screen time and the most story to tell. Even if, you know, even though we don't like it, they're still definitely portrayed as the lead characters, which is... Then I would would argue they should have given the adults better storylines and gotten better actors. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's just hard, though, because, like, you know, the show is about a glee club, and to us, it seems so obvious that it's about the students, and it's like it took them a while to figure out the same thing, that they just kept going, it's about Will, and it's about this guy coming back to a high school and trying to figure out his place, and like, from the very beginning, I think the people watching the show, and not everyone, because obviously there are people who enjoyed it, but... Like, for the most part, it feels like everybody watching the show went, no, no, this is about the kids. Give us the kids who sing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I mean, honestly, if you're going to do the break them up, get them together, break them up, get them together uh, idea, that's going to make more sense and is going to work better with high school kids. Mm-hmm. Because at least you can have the argument, well, they're like 16, 17 year olds, you know, that that happens. So it's almost like, guys, for how you guys write stuff, kid, teenagers are better. Just saying. Mm. Yeah. Stick with kids. Yeah. Mm. We definitely like Quinn's journey is realistic, whereas Terry's is like weird caricature of like a panicking woman who's losing her husband. Yeah. Like, Are you telling me making those decisions up until the fake Are sonogram? I mean, it's not normal for an adult to, you know, fake a, a pregnancy and a bunch of like facts to back up said fake pregnancy. I mean, I'm going to say a mentally stable woman in an emotionally supportive situation should not be doing that. <laughs> yeah. Which. Terry's like mental health is again not played as something people should be concerned about. It's purely played for laughs. Yeah. Like her panic and anxiety over knowing her husband does not love her, like, is is strictly a humor-based storyline. Look how crazy this woman went when she realized her, her husband doesn't love her anymore. Isn't that strange and funny? Yay, I think I'm I'm laughing so much at this. I think the end of this fake pregnancy should have been the sonogram, like the fake sonogram. Like it should have ended, it should have ended here. It should have been revealed here that this was all, that it wasn't true because now we've like pulled a doctor in and like, I can't get past the legality of this guy lying. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like up until now, it's basically two people who know, but now you've mm-hmm. roped in a doctor. It, it, I don't know. I just feel like this should have been the end of it. <laughs> now, now you're starting to rope in other people and it's starting to get ridiculous. And everybody in this town but Will apparently knows now. Right. Are we just going to get to mm-hmm. a point where everybody knows and he doesn't? I don't know. Well, too, I mean, it's already too far, but if it had stopped here, I think it would have been less grotesque down the line yeah and it would have just been more more just sad in the in the like you really kind of feel bad for no matter how crazy the woman is for other reasons just feeling bad for a woman that obviously is aware that her husband does not care for her anymore and is trying to make it work however she can um yeah i think that is that is what makes it really sad because like Terry's going to like ridiculous extremes, but like what she's afraid of is exactly what's going to happen. Like her fears are not unfounded. Like if she weren't pregnant, he would already have cheated on her. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Basically. And we, and I don't think I was gonna say we, as the audience have seen more intimacy between Emma and will then we have emma or um will and his wife oh definitely and it's 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 something that they have mirrored like almost every episode in the finn quinn rachel thing we see more intimacy between finn and rachel even though finn thinks quinn is pregnant with his kid Mm -hmm. yep just like even if they were gonna like parallel the storylines the adults should have been the more mature storyline that kind of sets the example yeah. Instead of Quinn being the only mature character. And I say mature as like a stretch, but for this <laughs> this situation, she's the only one kind of looking at it maturely, like mm-hmm. how am I gonna deal with this situation? Yeah. And you know, losing popularity is to us such a, a stupid thing to care about, but they're fifteen. Mm-hmm. She's a cheerleader, he's the quarterback. Like that yeah. kind of concern happens in every high school. It's a real thing for people to care a lot about, even if you don't agree with it. So her desperation yeah. to stay popular makes sense for her completely. I say us in our in our casual 30s go, lol, why, it doesn't matter. But at the time, yeah, yeah. it does. At the time, because we were all super popular in high school. 
Oh, totally. I mean, <laughs> all all the parties, all of them. Four nightclubs per night. Just look. I mean, I, down. I was a varsity athlete, so that means nothing. Yeah, no, I was I was in the library all the time. Super popular. Watched I, a lot of Star Trek. X Files. <laughs> I did my uh, my not work study, but like you got to pick your elective where you were working somewhere, and I picked a library. Nice. Oh yeah. I, I already space. worked I lived in a library, so I think I picked a newspaper place to do that. I like it. I like it. My my after school job was shelving in the library. Um, I lived in the theater. Mm. So you were the closest thing to an actual Glee kid. <laughs> Perhaps. However, um, I can't carry a note worth a damn. So more like the, um, more like Brad, but without <laughs> any ability to play a piano. The shit Brad, the Brad. piano guy has seen. Yeah. So yeah, that, that was more me. Like, it was more scenery than um than like Rachel. So yeah. Nice, nice. Mm. But uh you mentioned um previously, you know, Quinn Quinn having, you know, some characterization. And uh Emily, I know you also mentioned this one being like the few times that we get to see more more with Kurt, which um I totally agree with. The being able to actually see something other than the gay kid yeah i mean i'm just saying that like up until this point kurt hasn't been a character and really the same way many of them aren't character like tina's not a character and mike chang's not a character at this point but you know look because we have the ability to look ahead into the characters they become it's just interesting that seven episodes into the first season, Kurt is just really a background character. He has yeah. a line or two per episode that are often just um, quips. They're not even seen, seen leading lines. They're just like responses. Um, and then it's not until the end of the eighth episode when he takes the slushy that he has, it's like a moment where his character kind of begins to crystallize into a real person. And I appreciated that because he was proactive and he was a team player and uh, he, he was selfless in a way that he isn't always later, but also yeah. selfless in a way that really none of the other characters have been yet. Like he, he, he showed, um, a level of uh not a um he showed the relationship he felt with Rachel and the glee club through his actions and that's not always something we see yeah so it was nice i appreciated it i i wish that kurt's character continued along this trajectory because i've not rewatched season 1 in years so i don't i can't remember exact moments but i do remember i definitely did not like kurt in the first season and a lot of it had to do with his interactions with Rachel yeah, mm-hmm. so I'm kind of like bracing myself for whatever is about to come that I know at the time I watched live, I didn't enjoy. Yeah, I remember not liking Kurt. And to be honest, Kurt is never my favorite character. And I know he's a lot of people's favorite character. And I, I have moments where I like him. And I have moments where I just want to slap him around a little bit. Yeah. Um, but he's oh, never to be fair, been... so do I. Yeah, he's never, he's never been my favorite. I get why he is other people's, but in this episode, I was like, yes, that is, that's a character that I think I could like. And it, yeah, like you said, he kind of goes off track from that, from that track. And I would have liked to have seen more of that kind of development. I think I know what, what the off track you guys are talking about, but I, I'll leave it for when it actually shows up. Um, I'm sure everybody else does too, because we're, we've all seen the show. Anyway, um, yeah, I guess I guess the the slushy is is Kurt becoming a real boy, and by real boy <laughs> I mean like real. But I also I wonder if part of the reason why we didn't have anything more with him to begin with was because he wasn't originally supposed to be in the show, and like they hadn't 
yeah planned for him and so you know the first couple episodes we had written out and this is what we had because this is these were the characters we were expecting to have and we're just adding in a few things here and there for this character that we've added in late so we start to see more with his character later as as they're able to actually start reworking some things and adding mm-hmm. a character that they hadn't anticipated having in Again, again, grains of salt. I'm assuming that people actually plan shit here and not just throw a, you know, dart at a board, which we've already said they do. Yeah. No, it's true. Let's see. Uh, Although, just speaking of those slushies, did one uh-huh. where the where the fuck do you get a slushie in a high school? Is that a thing that other schools have that we didn't have? My like we're slushies. Who had a slushy machine that was just, are they paying for these slushies? Like, do these kids have after-school jobs where they can buy slushies every day to throw in someone's face? I say informal poll. Uh, let us know if your high school had a slushy machine. Because what the you, fuck? Did you guys have slushies? I didn't. Uh, and two, did none of the other teachers care that this was happening openly in the hallways? I feel like the janitors, at least, should have been filing complaints about that. I'm like, saying it's not like it's not like, it's like invisible. Like yeah. there's there's a puddle of syrup on the floor, some sticky fucking sugar water on the floor that somebody has Children to clean up. You're coming to class purple. Yeah, you would have seen this. And like I get that I went to a school that I went to, and other people went to different kinds of schools, but I feel like my school would not have tolerated slushies on the floor all fucking week. Yeah. If no, if for no reason other than that would be ruining the floor. Yeah. yeah. We don't have the budget like, to that fix that floor. Up. Yeah. No, like even if you leave out the like concerned teachers and like what's wrong with our children and bullying, like no, that would be that'd be staining the floor and there's no way the principals would be okay with that. Yeah. No also, way. The potential bug issue there. Oh yeah. Like no, How you. infested McKinley High School with cockroaches and ants? <laughs> Did you notice the one football player who like slipped and fell, like out of, like below frame, but you could hear him fall? No. When they when they all throw the slushy at um at Finn, when they're kind of leaving, one I don't know who it is, but one of them slips and falls, and you can hear him like hit the ground. It's kind of. Funny. I'm gonna pretend it's Azumia. I I just like that they left it in, like they didn't. Do another take, probably because they didn't want to throw more slushy on Corey. You know why? Because it fucking stains. Because <laughs> it's gross. Uh, also, yeah. boo the appearance of Dave Karofsky. Go fuck yourself. Uh, I was, I mean, like, I knew it was coming, but I still... Ugh. No. My, my like everything goes wrong is... now. Yeah. Okay, okay question. Yes. Why do you think Dave Karofsky went from being a hockey player to being a <laughs> football player. So, uh, because the writers forgot. They either forgot or it was a bucket logic where they knew they couldn't have a hockey team at this school as well. And they're like, just just put him in the locker room with the football just doesn't just doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. Other no, question. Uh, Midwestern high schools, do you guys actually have hockey teams? Like, is that a thing? Like, I, I, I grew up with field hockey for, like, girls, but, like, I did not know high schools actually had hockey teams. I mean, mine so, didn't, but I'm, I'm not from snow country. Mine didn't even have field hockey, so. Yeah, I'm going to Mine came know. from the pretentious Northeast, so we had pretentious sports. Like lacrosse. lacrosse. Yeah, there's a lot of lacrosse. Yeah, but the shorts look good. There's that, I guess. <laughs> Cross, hell yeah. But yeah, so uh, another question: it, If you had a hockey team, let us know because <laughs> what school had that? <clears throat> yeah, I feel like these kids go to a very different high school than I went to. Yeah, well, consider they talk about Lima, like Lima losers or what at Lima, whatever, uh, and it not being a particularly well-off area but at the same time and you have a hockey team and i'm like and you've got like all this other stuff and apparently you've got like 
a variety of, of costumes that you can, you know, wear every episode. Um, so I'm not quite sure. I mean, what's going on with this high school? I mean, they feel solidly middle class to me, you know? It, I would, yeah, I would agree, except for the random things that make me go, but wait. Yeah. Like, the school feels solidly middle, middle upper class just by, like, the cleanliness and the multiple sport teams. Although, you know, I don't know if anyone's taking, like, AP English in this school. Who knows? Can't fucking pass Spanish 101, so. I feel like okay, academics uh, were no, never it, a strong point. Uh, 400 clean fix uh, can't be wrong and let me know that their academics aren't strong. <laughs> Also, um, one, one note going back to uh, the slushies, I would like to call out all fic writers that complain uh, or have Kurt complain when he gets a slushie to the face that now his his jeans are ruined. Like, there's a thing called a washing machine. It takes a while, but like that shit would come out. Just saying. That's just maybe sugar red water. on a white shirt. I mean, it stains on some things when you don't wash them, but it would come out of jeans. I'm just saying. That's mm-hmm. true. His skin tight jeans. The tightest jeans Blaine has ever seen. I was going to say that's getting epically close to a Blaine reference. Ooh, can't help it. We do so well. We've earned a couple of them. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, somewhere out there, Blaine is in school oh. right now while this but is But what grade is he in? Look. He's a junior right now. Mm. He is a year older than Kurt, and y'all can kiss my ass. (laughs) I'll never not be mad about it. But that's kind of fun. (laughs) Your anger is very amusing. Just, (sighs) I can't. Can't do it. Your anger is amazing. It's, I'm almost, I almost can't wait for the episode where we can actually literally start talking about Blaine. And then it's like, no, but we can't talk about that aspect of him yet. We literally, yeah. we're going to have to rein it in just, just this episode. We can't yeah. just go off in general. Look, I already apologize for the things I'm going to say when Sebastian shows up. So. Because <laughs> I, I know it's like me and five other people left who are like, yay. But I, yeah, oh, I no. apologize. I love him in in a in a in a particular sense, which I think is different than yours. But I do love him, and I cannot hate him because yeah, yeah I just I can't hate him. I understand why people don't like him, but uh, but they're uh, wrong. If I have a soft spot in my heart, not soft enough to ship, but soft enough to go. I don't hate you. Happy ending. I'll, somebody else. I'll I'll ship it up for all of us. Like maybe Adam. Maybe you should go find Adam. <laughs> Adam. See, I I'm conditionally into the current Sebastian. Uh, the condition the condition is Blaine can't exist. That's fair. Because I'm definitely into Blaine Sebastian, but generally Kurt doesn't exist. Yeah. Although later seasons when Kurt's doing his Kurt thing, I'm like, no, 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 you go on. You go have some fun, Blaine. Like, we can come back to this later. Like I would, I still would have been happy with, and I and I wanted the Blaine Sebastian instead of whatever actually happened oh, yeah, that yeah. I don't acknowledge. The real so, as far as I'm concerned, yeah. yeah, no. I, as far as I'm concerned, that that's a legit thing. That's like, no, that's yeah. cool. I'll be, I don't, and I'm sad that it didn't happen. Um, but end game, I I am I am what I am. But. Uh, <laughs> Okay, and I, I feel like we've used up our Blaine quota for. Okay, we're done. <laughs> that definitely doesn't exist for yet. I've got a, I've got a way to bring this back around to the episodes. Go for I, it. Do it. Go for it. At this point in time, do you ship anyone on this show? Because I don't. Like just, just where we are now, episodes seven and eight, are there characters that you ship? Because none of them, I, I'm like, fuck all of you guys. You know, this is this is frustrating for me because no, but I did write one singular Glee fic in the first season. Oh, yeah. Go on. Tell us more. <laughs> see, it's not even that dramatic thing now. It's the kind of thing where I'm just like, oh, like, I see why I did that at the time. But it, it was, um, was Puck it and Quinn. Oh, okay. No, it was Puck and Quinn. Yeah. 
Uh, and it was toward the end of season one. Um, the baby storyline kind of like got me. Like that fig still exists on Live Journal somewhere. Um, Ooh, let's do a live read. <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> I'll be Somebody probably absent from that podcast. <laughs> um, there's a future Patreon perk for us. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> Buy us all new microphones, and I'll uh, think about Dig it. Dig that but, one up. But yeah, so so like I, my I original. Yeah, my original viewing experience, at some point in season one, I did want Puck and Quinn to get together. Mm. But I don't, like, watching it back now, I, I, like, devoid of, like, those feelings. I get it. You know, I get I have, it. I have some, like, bromance, not bromance, um, like, like, I want, you know, Matt and Mike to be, like, besties. And I never see that, but like I don't ship them in a romantic sense. Mm-hmm. But more like you guys, or especially after the ride with me song, where they were both kind of like dancing around, mm-hmm. and um, I was just like, I want to see you guys like talk, you know, after school and be like, let's perfect our dance game, or I don't know, or making up dance routines because maybe that's just girls that do that. I don't know. I I shouldn't stereotype. They probably do. Um, but yeah, I, I wanted that, but not in a romantic sense. Alces that I see at this point, I don't like. I mm-hmm. I can see the appeal of Quinn and Rachel, but in a very like objective sense, I don't like Rachel enough to actively want her with anyone. Yeah, but there are also. Much... I was gonna say, like, even I. Uh can see those little like moments like by the locker and during the final song Mm -hmm. where certain lines are directed at each other which is a director's Mm -hmm. like that was purposeful yeah because it's Mm -hmm. a close-up on their face like that that was written you can't just say that they were like the actors Mm -hmm. but yeah I get it I just wish Rachel was like a better friend that you could then do a nice trajectory of like enemies to friends to girlfriends yeah and also, I love Kurt at this point, but I don't ship him with anybody because he looks like a 12-year-old. Yeah, he, he does. does so look like I, a 12-year-old. I can't do that. So for me, like, I, I want to, like, cuddle him and, like, pet him and be mm-hmm. like, you're adorable. You're so sweet. You should, like, we'll go get facials uh, of the spa variety, just to be clear. <laughs> And, um, and like, that's it. Cause he's just, he looks so, so young. So even mm-hmm. though Kurt's like, and, and, even, and even when watching, he was my favorite. Like I still didn't ship him with any of the guys because I'm like, I can't see you in that, in that way. Cause you just look so young. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Does look like a baby. He does. And I mean, he's still older than he would have been at this time. Like, you know, he's 18 as opposed to like the 15, but I guess compared to everybody else's like 28, yeah, tiny. The other actual adults. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is part of the so, reason why shoes touchy feely nonsense in that one song is like, uh, Maddie Fresh, you are supposed to be twice their age, so yeah. you could. Yeah, turn imagine that, down. that. Imagine that up against Kurt. And oh. how Kurt looks at the point. <laughs> Please don't. Mm, no. no, it's creepy. It's very fucking creepy. Bleh. So um, we have two episodes here. Uh, do you guys have any standout uh, songs other than the like the ride with me, uh, which we've all agreed was like was a great song? But any of the other ones that uh, that you loved? I liked Quinn's song, and and for the reasons that Emily talked about earlier, because it was one of those like direct transitions into an emotional like glimpse into her head mm-hmm. um, and I, I like that yeah I liked uh, I liked Keep Holding On the final song or what was it Keep is that what it was yeah Keep Holding On yeah yeah the group number mm-hmm. I don't know it just felt like a class I like the song but it just felt like a classic uh, Glee auditorium performance that even if the like most of the lyrics kind of directly tie into something that happened during the show. Yeah. Which I always yeah. appreciate. Because sometimes the song's like, why are you singing this? This makes no sense. 
oh, you're singing it because it's a top 40 hit on the radio right now and you want to sell records. I got it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Those are the ones I liked. Um, I just had like a comment that probably no one else cares or even thought about, but I had forgotten that Sue has like that weird thing with Rod, the newscaster. (laughs) And I was just like, can I just get an asexual character? Can I just have like one aromantic asexual character anywhere on TV? Like, is there anything about Sue that ever says that she has the time, care, or concern for another human being? I mean, other than other than her sister. Yeah, she would have been the perfect character to, like, show that not everything has to come down to romance for. Yeah, she marries herself. Like, what? (laughs) I just, I don't know, I was, like, retroactively disappointed. Well, what if, what if we go back to say maybe at this time, maybe she is asexual, but was just still still dealing with things? And she I mean, eventually, sure. in the season, within the show, realizes, I really don't fucking care about that. I'm Sue fucking Sylvester. Right. I don't need anybody. Fuck it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, I mean, that's like my fanon. But mm-hmm. I would have, I would have liked there to be a character, like Mandy said, that just doesn't, that it doesn't come down to that. Because most of the other characters eventually get boiled down to who is their romantic entanglement with. Like who are you fucking? Gen- yeah. Right. That's like that's generally how drama is built in this show. Is who's your uh, yeah. who's your buddy this week? Like anyway. Oh, random, random. Uh, jump, jump ahead. Um, do we know who Sue's baby daddy is? Because am I am I remembering from a fic, Anderson? Because oh no, I, I don't. I think it was a fic, and I still like the idea. That it was just, it was a donation. <laughs> and it was yeah. just like, yeah. a Sue Cooper baby from a donation. And I think that's amazing. Uh, I think, I think that's Fanon. But. But it works. It works. I don't remember if they ever, like, name something. Okay. Then I'm going with it because I think it's hilarious. And I could see her being like, I need amazing jeans. I need them donated. <laughs> you're dumb, but pretty. Yeah. And you're pretty will just make my my child amazing along with my amazingness and and smartness. So I'm going with it. I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah. Sounds good. Again, right. a baby that doesn't come from a relationship. Yeah. Is that herself? Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't need anybody else with this baby. Sue, Sue is complete herself <laughs> she is like yes that's all i wanted all right well uh how would you how would you rate these episodes uh for kevin's how many kevin's oh, did you give them i mean like uh, half a kevin yeah there was almost no kevin he got yeah. to play bass I, right yeah now i'm willing to give it give it i was like half or even a third a kevin can we give it like <laughs> Well, if you give each episode a quarter of a Kevin, you get half a Kevin for the total. We're adding. That's yeah. yeah. I mean, but if we want to do it that way, or we can just average like three, you know, two thirds of Kevin. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's been somewhere between a half to two thirds of Kevin. There's not a lot in this, which is quite just, sad. This just feels like math. But if like one episode has half a Kevin and the other has like a third of a Kevin, where are we? <laughs> Although oh, I will say, help us do math. <laughs> I I would have appreciated uh, mashup a little bit more if Bust and Move was done by was done by Artie. Why oh, didn't yeah. Artie? Yeah, five hundred percent. I feel like Kevin could have pulled that totally pulled that off. So yeah. that was a complete mistake on Glee's part. Um, also, an episode called Mashup that I'll doesn't have mashup. Hmm? It, it doesn't win. The episode is called Mashup and contains no mashups. I know, right? That's true. <sighs> Such a disappointment. The, the show in general. <laughs> Just fucking in general. Yeah. Just all over. All right. Well, 
we we have discussed throwdown and mashup and why Will continues to be the worst person ever. Why Sue isn't as bad as as others, you know. <laughs> um, our thoughts on how Quinn is quite awesome and and where Kurt is going. And and uh, what our thoughts on the songs or any any other any other uh, thoughts or ideas pop up and pop up in your heads, guys, that we didn't go over. Uh, I'm sure there are. Oh, we did forget to mention that this is the episode that has Sue's um, kitty cat speech. Oh, that's amazing. The, yeah. That I'll steal into your house and then punch you in the face. Yeah, that's what that is. It, that joke was supposed to end with I will kill the cat, but they changed it because it was too sad. And I'm Sue, glad they did because it's uh, much funnier this way. It is funnier. Jane Lynch required they change it because she didn't want to say that she would kill an animal. So yeah. she, she changed it. And I appreciate that because Jane Lynch is an amazing person. Yes. Jane Lynch for all the Emmys. Accurate. Like, I... I, I call what the fuck with Matt Morrison being lead actor, but if but if Jane Lynch submitted something as lead actress, I'd be like, yeah, okay, sounds legit. I'd be like, oh, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'm good with it. <laughs> this is now all about Sue? Cool. Cool. <laughs> this is going to be an interesting show. Um, all right. So on the, on the note of uh, Sue Sylvester giving you a cat and punching you in the face, uh, <laughs> I, think, uh, I think that's it. Yep. Oh, and this, we're going to start doing polls of your guys' favorite songs of the episodes as well, because we want to know. Yeah, so keep an eye out for those so that you can vote and let us know what your thoughts are. And that's what you missed on Glee. At Farmers Insurance, we know that a bundle of joy can sound like many different things. But to us, a bundle of joy sounds a little more like this. Because we know when you bundle your home and auto insurance with Farmers, you could save an average of 20%. Really? My bundle of joy just makes a lot of drool. Ah, the joys of parenthood. Visit Farmers.com or call 1-800-FARMERS to get a quote today. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Reported 2018 nationwide average savings underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. At Farmers Insurance, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Whether it's a rear end by a clown car. <laughs> oh, shuckles. Or a grizzly taking a quick dip in a pool. We know home and auto insurance. And we know you could save an average of 20% when you bundle the two. Visit Farmers.com or call 1-800-FARMERS to get a quote today. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Reported 2018 nationwide average savings underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state.